Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of A Little More Good coming at you. Thanks for tuning into the show. I'm Dean, and with me, as always, is Zach. Hi, guys. How's it going? <laughs> Zach, good to be back, man, sitting across the table from you. Yes, always a pleasure, always a treat. Yeah. I love this time that we get to share together. It's true. Yeah, it's like the pursuit of growth and learning and having great conversations with just like really random, or not random, <laughs> really rad and wonderful people yes i guess they can be random people yeah. we get into random stuff sometimes yeah you know yeah. wherever wherever the paths lead where the conversations flow that's right yeah um and today we're super excited to welcome back to the pod navi gill the one and only nav deep nav deep gill navi gill nav deep literally translates into the new light and um we get into that in this conversation. We go into the darkness, yeah, and and through the darkness to the light. Um, we get into oppressive systems, the big three of capitalism, the patriarchy, and colonialism. How how these systems, you know, affect everybody, and, and how we can learn about ourselves and others in ways that we can be self-aware of these systems and the impact effect that they have on absolutely everyone and everything. Uh, awareness being a big step, we get into it. Um, just like how Navi's name, the new light, we get into finding light through darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, normalizing vulnerability and the context uh, to how we feel. Um, systems for, for being well. Um embodiment learning tools all the good stuff navi's got uh, a depth to her uh beyond beyond her years i think she's tapped into to her ancestors to her lineage to 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 past lives to source uh because when she speaks there's there's a level of depth that is hard to um hard to find in somebody that's in their thirties, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She carries with her a lot of, a lot of wisdom in this conversation. Um, I think that one of the cool things that we touch on and really she opens up to is, is walking through that time of, as you had said, that darkness, navigating that, that hard time of life. We were talking obviously about life through, through COVID and the whole pandemic and how everything shifted and someone who's, you know, out there working with people, traveling around and, you know, doing, doing her work in the world that was interrupted as for, for all of us in, in, in a diversity of ways, but really how that affected her and, um, really bravely and vulnerably shares with us. And I love that because I think, uh, and I, I remember saying it in, in the conversation, but it bears repeating here is just like, I think a lot of us have lived through it and we still haven't started to unpack. We've mm-hmm. just kind of like, Oh, things are kind of reopening and like life is coming back to normal. And we haven't really faced maybe some of the hard things or the changes that happened within us during that time. And Navi like boldly and bravely kind of pioneers a path of, of being able to like sit with that and start to ask the questions like, what was that? And how did that affect me? And, and she shares some of that story um, with us. So, so that's really uh, is a really powerful bit of the conversation for sure. I think that's such a major lesson too to to allow ourselves to be vulnerable, to to heal, to see our trauma and to see 
um, our struggles, our suffering, you know, to see these issues that we all face. And instead of just packing it up and putting in a bag somewhere to deal with another day, another year, another time, um, acknowledging that this is hard or this doesn't feel good and having the tools or the courage to, to talk about it or to ask for help, I think that alone is, is revolutionary, you know? Mm-hmm. Because then you're not passing down that, that trauma or that hurt or that pain um, to, to, you know, further generations or to friends or to a bigger circle. Yeah. Instead of rippling out that pain, you're you're allowing for healing to happen. Yes. And that and being vulnerable instead of rippling out that that pain and that struggle, you're you're rippling out an invitation to heal and an invitation to help. So I think uh what Navi shared is beautiful and it's rebellious and revolutionary and, and the impacts um, of just saying, you know, things are hard. I need to take pause. Mm-hmm. Can have a, a major impact on how we live as a society. Yeah, especially as someone whose work in the world is geared towards like healing and, yes. and holistic wellness and stuff. And to say, whoa, I need to, I need some of that yes. healing and wellness. Yes. That's that's big. And I mean, you know, <laughs> in case you haven't seen us <laughs> as a couple of middle middle of life like pretty privileged white dudes. Uh, Navi is a gift in not only showing us how, you know, to, to embody, um, the pain and the hard things that we all endure, but also she really like helps expose our blind spots that maybe we don't see and helps us see things in a new light. Um, I'm always left challenged, um, to continue to like revisit or unlearn things or remember my place in the world after conversations with Navi. And so just as a personal aside, I always feel so grateful um, when I'm in her orbit. And, you know, she reminds me uh, to continue to strive to be a better person. And sometimes that means like getting out of the way or really doing the work of, of unlearning and making space um, in my life and in the places that I occupy for mm-hmm. the people who, who have historically been marginalized by people like me. And it's not a guilt thing. It's not a shame thing. It's just an awareness thing of like the world still works this way. And so we dig into all that. It's a really powerful conversation. We know you're going to love it. We know you're going to love Navi. It's her second time on the pod. Um, the first episode we kind of recorded early COVID life and we recorded it in a, in an empty room. And so the audio was really reverberation, like heavy, heavy reverb. And um, uh, what she says in that episode is definitely worth checking out. But this one, uh, tune in for, for the pure light. Yes. So, so yeah, if you missed the first one and don't know Navi's story, that is in episode one. Uh, Navi, for those that don't know, is an Ayurvedic practitioner practitioner and body worker. She's a yoga teacher and life skills coach. She's trained in ancient Ayurvedic body work, um, including foundational panchakarma therapies. Um, she's just a, a light force, a healer, um, you know, that points out and brings out the best and all those around her. So, um, before we roll into this episode, I just wanted to bring up a, a quick documentary that I watched recently. Um, friend of the pod, Maya Wickler, posted on her IG a documentary and said, best doc I've ever seen hands down. So I was wow. like, if 
if someone like Maya Wickler is endorsing someone that um, you know confidently, that's a film that I want to see. So it was at at the time it was at like the Kootenays Film Fest or or something like that, and and had a short window to watch it online. So it's called The Territory, and it, The Territory provides an immersive look at the tireless fight of the Amazons, um, one of the indigenous groups in the Amazon, uh, against the encroaching deforestation deforestation brought by farmers and illegal settlers. And it's just an incredible picture of what is going on in the Amazon, and it made me reflect to what's going on here in BC, in our, in our rainforest, and our old growth here. And it's so beautifully done. The indigenous group, um, they, um, the, the people um, that live in this region of the Amazon, um, they have cameras and they're filming the footage themselves. And really everyone's the victim in the film. Like the, the, the farmers and the settlers are, um, you know, these extremely poor people that are looking sold this idea of hope that if they cut down these trees, they can have this land and, Mm -hmm. and that will bring promise and prosperity and abundance. And they're doing it out of scarcity and fear and, and just, you know, no, nowhere else to go in life really. And the indigenous people of the Amazon, you know, their, their indigenous land is being illegally forested and encroached on. And it's, it's a war that the government kind of keeps its hands clean of because it ultimately serves them. Um, and they don't have to cut down the trees or anything. They just have to allow these two groups to, to have at it. Um, it's a sad film, but it's also a beautiful film. And it recently came out on Disney+. Plus. So you can, if you're a Disney Plus subscriber, it's on the National Geographic side. It's not that long. It's just over an hour. Anyways, I definitely highly recommend checking it out. What's the, the, what's the name of it again, Zach? The Territory. The Territory, okay. Yeah. Wow. Check it out. Yeah, Check it that out. sounds powerful. Um. All right. That's my, my recommendation for the week. I love it. Check it out. Um. I think it's it's timely, and I think it also speaks to... Many of the topics of colonization and capitalism and some of these oppressive systems that we uh, get into with our conversation with Navi. There you go. All right, before we roll, a word from this week's sponsor. Yeah, this week's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Uh, Zach and I have been on the on the AG1 bandwagon for a while. We love AG1 as a product. Um, it's so easy to use. It's so good for you makes you feel good. You can feel good about your choices in the morning. I love to take it first thing in the morning, fill up the little bottle with water, one delicious scoop of AG1. And I just know, you know, as I shake it there and it all just gets absorbed into the water, I know that I'm getting those 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics and adaptogens to help start my day right. I just feel so good. It's like my first morning ritual. Just knowing this blend of ingredients supports my gut health, my nervous system, my immune system, gives me energy, helps with recovery, focus, anti-aging, all the things. It's just so good. So really, really have enjoyed using this product. Um, A couple people have asked me recently, like, is it good? Is it really worth it? I'm like, yes, for less than three bucks a day. Like it's the easiest investment you can make in your health. 
And right now, Zach, we want to make it easy for the people, don't we? We want to make it easy for them to get the athletic greens. Tell me how, Dean. I'm, I'm ready. In their life. Well, to make it easy for you all. Our, our favorite dear listeners, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit our special link, athleticgreens.com slash more good. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash more good to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance and get on the wake and shake bandwagon. Let's go. Here we go. All right. On to this week's episode with Navigo. All right. All right. We're back for another episode of A Little More Goodness, sitting with one of our, our goodest friends, <laughs> Navi Gill. Hi. Welcome back, Navi. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for having me again. I'm surprised you're letting me back after last time. <laughs> back by popular demand. Yeah. It was the good. People have spoken. At least Dean and I have spoken. That's right. But it was a very, it was, it was one of our very first uh, episodes that we recorded and very early in, in releasing. So for many of you, it might be the first time listening and, and hearing you Navi but um, it was awesome I mean we we got together to record a podcast initially and we didn't even record anything we just had this incredible conversation and we're like let's book another date and then we did the pod and I mean you shared some of your story and it was absolutely brilliant and some of your origins and upbringing and how you kind of found your way to who you were at that time and mm-hmm. now it's in some ways like the evolution the evolution part two yeah Ooh. So we're so glad to to have you back. You always Thank have such you. a good energy with you. And it's just so fun to listen and learn from all of the wisdom that you embody and carry with you. So excited oh, wow. for today. No, no pressure. Just <laughs> right out the gate here. Yes. yes. To put more pressure on, on yeah. onto your, your shoulders. And mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we're having a, a laugh. I guess before even before that, I'm excited for this conversation because I'm sitting with two people that I hold with such high reverence and... I'd say my circle that I, you know, share my vulnerabilities with and I share my my struggles or, or even my successes and wins and losses, the you know, the people that I share my my deepest soul with. I'm sitting with two of those people right now. So I feel oh. I feel in a safe place and, and two people that I I look to for consult and, and, and advice often. So I'm just gonna like sit back and, and feel good with where I'm sitting right now. Oh, Amazing. thank you. And I guess for a little laugh, you know, Navi, we have these these deep, soulful, meaningful conversations all the time, and I'm always like, these need to be podcasts. Like every time we talk, it's like, it's it's the deepest, most soulful conversations, and I'm so grateful for those. And you know, one thing I've learned a lot a lot from you is is uh, the roots of colonialism and and de decolonizing um, my own practices and and our business and. We're having a laugh when we started. I brought this this <laughs> Sheila Jeet here, this Ayurvedic resin that's you know full of amazing trace minerals found you know deep in the Himalayas and it's got you know all of these incredible trace elements and and nutritional qualities that can make you feel so great. So I've got this jar, this <laughs> resin, and we're trying to me and Dean are trying to open it. And for those of you that can't see, Dean's got pretty pretty large muscles these days. And we just can't open the Sheila Jeet and we're just laughing. This is like white people trying to like get into the Ayurvedic community, you know, like it's not for us. It refuses to be colonized. Yeah. The Sheila Jeet. Refuses, yeah. refuses our colonization. Yeah. So power to it. Yes. 
Navi blessed it and then it, it opened. I did. I did. <laughs> yeah. I was doing my my witchy ways from across the room. Yes. <laughs> yes. Gonna let go. Well, I think there's so much we want to talk about and I think the one of your gifts is there's so many things that we can talk about together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think over the past, I don't know how many years has it been now since the pandemic started and things have evolved and changed. I think the world has gone through a roller coaster of, you know, feelings, emotional trauma. It's kind of unearthed a lot of a lot of work that most of us weren't ready for, whether mm-hmm. that is through anxiety, trauma, depression, not being ready for, for the shifts that were taking place. Um, I think change for many people can be hard and scary Mm -hmm. especially Mm -hmm. when it's not one that you can plan for and you just have to wait and hope for the best um so i think that you know obviously there were the the zooms and the pelotons of the world that uh you know and the people that were on those roller coasters that saw things go to the moon and and come back down but whether whether you're adaptive or not i think everyone has felt a heaviness that maybe they hadn't experienced before. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know we've explored this in our own conversations. So I'd love to to get into navigating, you know, one's darkness, you know, finding light through darkness um, and just like normalizing vulnerability, finding context to understand how we feel. I'd love to get into some of those things. Mm. what do you think yeah can we explore the depth of human emotion (laughs) yeah how much time do we have 20 minutes um yeah i feel we all went through a collective dark night of the soul as as you know a lot of my teachers refer to this awakening process and for a lot of us i feel like we've already been through this and doing that spiritual work and had like a good foundation and understanding and tools and even for us it was really really difficult because it was happening for everyone all at the same time in various degrees everyone's in different parts of their evolution and their journey and of course like as always like we saw like I always say like capitalism colonialism patriarchy interlinked all played a role in so many different systems that we had to look at we were forced to look at and then while we're looking at them they're simultaneously crumbling and then we're trying to figure out where to go from that place and like build i think that it's still we're still in that phase like we're just slowly starting to maybe build very minimally um because people i know for myself too like i experienced burnout by the people who are always conscious, always doing the work, always aware, always trying to um, do community organizing, awareness, all those things, activism, like those same people were like sent into overdrive because we had the foundation, we had the tools, we had the language to Mm -hmm. give context to what people were feeling and experiencing. And then all of those people also hit a wall at some point because yes we can be there for community but also we're human beings who are going through our own human experience and going through things in our individual lives and our families so many people experienced loss sickness you know change of their entire life structure so many people 
got married, got divorced, had babies, people passed away. Like it was like, I feel extreme amounts of change happening in a very short amount of time that usually Mm -hmm. happens over a span of like years and years. Um, And, you know, I was sharing with you both earlier when I walked in the door and you asked me like, how, how's it, how's it going? Dean asked me like, how, how have you been? And I said, since when, since I last saw you? Well, I don't know. I'm just coming back to life. I'm just being resurrected. Cause mm-hmm. I too really felt that darkness and heaviness. And probably for the first time where I felt there wasn't really any place to reach outside of me because everyone was going through it. So this need to be informed, to have tools, to know how to use those tools and how to self-heal are like most important and more important than ever before. And I think that's what I kind of came out of the last two years is, and, and this is something that a lot of people and a lot of my friends, colleagues, we talk about all the time is, this need for self-sovereignty in your healing and your well-being which i always say in my work as well um is essential like we can't continue to rely on these systems that are quote-unquote in place to help us because we have to help ourselves and that realization i think is very it was very hard for me because it feels like when does the work ever stop like Mm -hmm. this human experience yes the light side of it it's amazing we get to love we get to experience all these things you know life is beautiful it can be beautiful but then the other side of it which i think more so was prevalent the last few years was the dark and the heavy side of it which a lot of people that's their norm Mm -hmm. they don't really necessarily get to see the other parts of it so it's like living in that like sense of hopelessness despair what's the point what is our purpose here um yeah I just was like without those tools um I don't think it's possible to go through this human experience mm-hmm. unscathed at all yeah <clears throat> yeah it's it's wild when we think about like in a very short amount of time like a switch was flipped and everything that was routine and normal and for for many of us like those are the things that ground us like the practices that we have the places we go kind of those markers throughout our days and weeks are what help us to regulate like that's for me that's like a tool that i use is like i'm not uh, i'm not you know i don't live and die by a calendar but i know for me there has to be like certain bookends to the day yeah and certain things throughout the week that i do to be able to feel myself and like a lot of those things were just disrupted because there was no rhythm. There was mm-hmm. no flow to life because everything just very quickly stopped. And I mean, even knowing those things and having those tools and knowing those things about what helped me to feel grounded and to feel like the best version of myself and partner and dad and friend and all of the things, even knowing what I needed to do, it was hard mm-hmm. some days to like do those things. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, you talk about like the tools that we have. I'm curious, like what are some of those things that you used and how did you even find like a way out of it when you know, okay, these are the things I need to do, but like, Mm -hmm. frick, it's so hard. It's so hard and I know what I need to do, but like, yeah, I'm I'm feeling challenged to even begin. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, all those tools and awarenesses and like bookends are very external. 
it's like dependent on something outside of themselves Mm -hmm. and that's why when things were disrupted it was so difficult for people because for the first time probably for a lot of people they're forced to look inward and i would say fortunately for me um because of the spiritual path i had for a long time like all throughout my 20s that like looking inward and looking at all your shit Mm -hmm. i wasn't a stranger to that it was um, that wasn't the hard part necessarily. It was more like looking and seeing all of that and feeling like my tools weren't enough to pull me out of it. And I have like enormous amounts of privilege in the sense of like, you know, my Ayurveda background, having like access to Braniyam, yoga, meditation, like being at home with my family, having all the supplements, all the herbs, like having the financial resources to get the things I need. And yet I still felt like absolute shit for like a pretty long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought a lot about this constantly is like, if I feel this way, I can't even imagine how the average person feels. And then I would feel more stressed out feeling like, I have to do something. I have to take this knowledge I have and somehow share it, even if I have like no will Mm. in this moment and no life force to want to do it. So that was really a struggle um, because a lot of guilt and shame, I think, comes with that when you're a practitioner or a facilitator or educator Mm -hmm. is that there's always places where you can be useful. But where's the line of taking care of ourselves and as like a highly functional person, even like high functioning with anxiety and stuff, that's how like I've always done it is like, okay, I'll deal with my shit after. Let me be useful and where I'm needed because that's going to be so much more beneficial. And mm-hmm. then through the pandemic, I think it just came to a point where like I hit a wall and like even if I wanted to, I couldn't will myself to ignore like what my body needed. Mm-hmm. And for a long time like none of the tools i had felt useful felt like enough felt like i even wanted to do them i think that there was also like a frustration or maybe some anger towards like okay if i had all this why do i still feel like this obviously like my intellectual mind understands we're going through like a catastrophic global event And yet, like, my spirit was still so frustrated to be Mm -hmm. like, but you have, you you believe in spirit. And, like, where's your faith? And I think, like, that lack of faith Mm. was what really um, pushed me into, like, those darker periods of time. And, yeah, the tools, um, it's hard to say because I wouldn't say I can think back and be like, it was one thing that I used that pulled me out of it. But I will say like having close knit community, like Zach, you shared earlier, like people where you can share all these things that are happening during your dark night of the soul. Because if it's just up to me and I'm talking to myself, like I'll gaslight myself all day to be like, it's not that bad or that's not actually really happening. Or you need to, you know, a lot of people will be like, you just need to get out and exercise and whatever like bullshit advice there is that goes along with it Mm -hmm. because that's just one small piece yes of course those things are important but there's also things that we're experiencing spiritually karmically 
whatever things we need to go through depending on where we're at in life where that advice is just not sufficient enough to inspire a person Mm -hmm. to go back into their joy right yes Yeah, yeah it's like telling the person with the mcdonald's diet to be like hey take this supplement you know, with your meal and you'll feel great. You'll get all of your stuff that you need. And like the supplement is great. It might help. But like if you're not addressing the fundamental, like big rocks, so to speak. Yeah. It's not going to make a difference. You got to start to address those big rocks. And that's like, that's hard work. Yeah. That is When you're just trying to live, especially during the pandemic, who wants to look at the big rocks? Mm -hmm. I don't want to look at that shit. No. You know? Yeah. I'm in like, and everyone else, I I obviously can only speak for myself, but even like, the people in my inner circle, family, it's like everyone was literally just trying to make it day by day. And you can't shut down your other responsibilities. So many people have people who are dependent on them. You're a parent, you're a caretaker, you know, whatever your profession is, maybe is relying on you. It's like you can't, we still had to keep going in many ways despite this crazy thing that was happening and learn to pivot and adjust. And there's people who are very skilled at pivoting and adjusting. I would say like, you know, the women around me are mm-hmm. always pivoting and adjusting. So they they know how to do that. Mm-hmm. But that pressure and that burden of having it together, having the solution, knowing what to do, it's a lot. And I'm, you know, I'm not a parent. I'm not, you know, having the responsibilities that a lot of other people do. And it was difficult for me. Mm-hmm. So the tools, again, I would say, is I really started to look at, like for me, Ayurveda is always the foundation. It's the baseline. And I'm really fortunate that that has been a foundation in my life for a really long time. And I had to start to see like, okay, if I'm not figuring out a solution that's working for what I need right now, what else can I do? I'm the kind of person that will try everything I can have access to Mm -hmm. until something works. And like, you know, seeing a naturopath, like getting the blood work done that I needed that like tells you like, oh, it's, you know, my naturopath was like, oh, well, no wonder you feel like this. It's right there in the data. You know, this is what's happening. And then I'm like, oh, I I'm so glad because it felt like, you know, everyone's usually like, oh, well, you just need to get outside or like, have you tried this or have you tried that? And I'm the person that's like, yes, I tried it. I for sure tried it. And I need something else. Yeah. I remember like um, when I was first learning Ayurveda, my teacher used to say that like the medicine needs to be slightly stronger than the disease. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you have to adjust accordingly and see what is the dis-ease or where am I experiencing lack of ease because that's really what dis-ease is. And sometimes a supplement will work. Sometimes walking outside will work sometimes a workout will work but sometimes you need more mm-hmm. sometimes you need surgery you know what i mean so that's kind of where i was at mm-hmm. i i'm still in process yeah no doubt i think I, well i think many of us still are and like we, we were kind of talking just before um <laughs> hitting record and you know you shared some of your your story as well like you had just done with with everyone here and i mean i appreciate it thank you obviously for for the vulnerability and honesty um, through that, like through that journey. Um, but in doing so, like, I think that that piece that you just said is like, I'm still in process. Like I look around and have conversation with people and it's kind of like, you know, brush, brush their hands off and like, well, you know, like mm-hmm. that season is kind of over that time yeah. of life is over. So now close the door, like 
put it in the box, the emotional box with the emotional duct tape and like just stuff it down somewhere yeah. until it rears its ugly head. But this thinking that we, it's done now. So mm-hmm. we don't need to deal with all of those things that we lived through and felt and struggled with in the midst of all of that uncertainty and fear and anxiety and, you know, the darkness that I think a lot of us identified with and felt, but kind of coming out on the other side of, of where we are now and being like, oh, okay, that's over now. Yeah. And not dealing with that stuff is almost like a double offense in the sense like we're not serving ourselves at all by not unpacking Mm -hmm. that experience and saying, okay, what did that teach me? Not just like head knowledge, but what did that teach me about myself, my body, like looking in and yeah, really seeking to embody like those, that experience and Mm -hmm. let it shape us and change us. I, I, I don't know if you can speak to that or like how it even changed your maybe relationship with yourself or your relationship with the practices and tools that you used before as to now. Oh yeah. I would say if we're going right back to quote unquote, what was normal, that's a great privilege that someone is exercising to be able to ignore at that point things like systemically that we needed to change, but also like spiritually, societally that needed a change. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And if you can go back to pretending that none of that exists, then you live a life of great either ignorance or privilege, which both could be hand in hand or both at the same time. Um, But for the majority of people, you know, I always say this, and I think I might've said this on our last podcast too. It's like the people who have always been doing the work are going to be the ones that will continue to do the work. Many more people were awakened Mm -hmm. to their role and their, in the bigger context of the world and how each individual life does play a role in molding and creating the world that we're living in and what responsibilities we have to um, make sure we're living with integrity, with authenticity. Um, How are we treating the people in our lives? How are we treating ourselves, first of all? How are we in relationship? What does our work life Mm -hmm. look like? What are we even creating in these so-called work, business, all these things? Like, what are we creating? Um, And for me... It was, I think, a greater self-permissioning. And my friend Nicole uses this um, word, which I love, love from her, is maybe prior to, it was a lot more about how can I be there for others almost unconditionally, even if it's at the cost of myself. And after I feel like I have a lot more clarity on being unapologetic about my boundaries, mm-hmm. especially in relationship. And that isn't not limited to intimate relationship. That's like friends, family, work, anything, anything, being in relationship with anything, you know, in, in life is a lot more clarity that like, this is what works for me now. This doesn't. Maybe it has in the past and maybe certain people or certain things are used to having that type of access and now that's not going to work going forward if I'm going to choose myself and the healthiest, best thing for myself. And I think a lot of people experience that, Mm. of this like shedding of all these external things, maybe where their energy and their time or their money was going and realizing like that actually wasn't serving me in any way that was sustainable. So I have a choice to make. Do I continue that like before 
And for a lot of us, because we physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually weren't able to do it anymore, the choice almost was made for us. And then you have to make a different choice now. Mm-hmm. So I think, again, like I said, we're still in the process of coming from the awareness stage and people are working on the embodiment stage right now. And then with that, we can begin to like build externally. But I think majority of people, if not everyone that I know, has been like fundamentally transformed through this experience. And if you were already a person who's what I like to call like spiritually aware or conscious, it's like it just took us to the next level of depth. Mm-hmm. One thing just to, there's, there's lots to kind of pause on and unpack, but I think one thing that I'm hearing and that I've been experiencing, you know, we're both people that were part of, we're community builders, you know, we would have events, would bring people together. And I think there's a lot of collective energy when you, you do that. And mm-hmm. um, I think I've realized that it's okay to to rest and to take breaks and to take hit the pause button and mm-hmm. be like to be that person or maybe I don't want to be that person anymore but it's okay to to take pause and to take rest to to just be able not to have do. yeah not doing <laughs> is is a valid answer and I think it's also okay to ask for help you know i'm learning that i don't always have to be the one to be helping others or to carry Mm. others or to be that rock for other people like sometimes maybe i need someone else to be a rock or someone else to Mm -hmm. lift me up or someone else to you know carry the weight for a bit um so i think learning to lean into vulnerability and and communicate it rather than it always feels better when I communicate it. It feels, it can feel so paralyzing when I'm like. It's have, like throwing up. Yes. Yes. And then <laughs> well, I. Well, for me. Yeah. I'll, I'll share it, you know, with yourself or with Dean or with other people like in my circle and I'll be like, oh, wow. Okay. Like yeah. now I feel a little bit better, you know, like <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that thing that I've been obsessing over that's like paralyzed me from having action by just speaking its truth has allowed me to take one step, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's something I'm still learning, you know, the power of vulnerability and sharing it because we all want to be strong and we all want to, you know, lead with, you know, I think unpacking, we can get into this unpacking, you know, we were raised in a, by a boomer generation that was like the epitome of patriarchy, colonialism, capitalism. So it's like to unlearn some of that takes vulnerability, takes courage, takes you know, a lot of awareness to realize these these tendencies are so deep rooted and it, it it isn't just reading about it or having a conversation to to kind of basically decolonize your life or mm-hmm. to live life differently than you were previously. It it, it takes a lot of intention and awareness mm-hmm. and and courage to do things differently. And I think part of that courage is like I said, taking rest, taking pause, you can just like say no for a while Mm. or take that time to find space, to find something that grounds you, you know? 
that's what I, that's where I am on my journey at least like I used to say yes to everything I wanted mm-hmm. to be at every community event I wanted to host every community oh event oh my and gosh now, you're so much better than I'm me so in- <laughs> I'm so intentional I, mean, I don't do that much anymore like if I'm going to connect with someone it's going to be like you know go for a walk in the forest go for a run go for um, something that you know if if you know we follow this the some this you can't always do this but mood mood does follow action so mm-hmm. if you put yourself into the forest or you put yourself somewhere by a beautiful body of water or or go for a walk or just take that step out of your house to a cafe with someone that you trust you know it starts to open doors of possibility and mm-hmm. it can get a little bit easier one step maybe just one step at a time Oh, yeah. Well, I always laugh about this. I'm like, I have like eldest daughter in a brown household syndrome (laughs) where like asking for help is like just not something that comes Mm. naturally. It's like, you know, I would rather die than ask for help in so many cases growing up. And that's something that's been really, really hard. And when I was going through, um, you know, these moments where I couldn't be the rock or I couldn't produce the things that were required for my community or show up for my family and caretake in the same way that they're used to me doing it for all these years. It's like that much more difficult to sit with where I was at and realize like, oh, I'm not in a healthy place because, and but then also having grace to be like, and I know, you know, we see this said or quoted all the time of like, you're not, your self-worth is not like what you do for others or your productivity. But unfortunately, I feel like we're just conditioned from a very young age to be these well-rounded, quote unquote, individuals where we, the more productive we are for society, the more value we have. You know what I mean? Like whether we're community organizers or, you know, being strong, whatever it is, it's like our value inherently the external world places on on how much of that we can do. So vulnerability, sensitivity, these are things that so many of us, including myself, have been shamed for having and being for so long, like all of our lives, because no one knows how to handle or be with people who are highly sensitive when the other person on the other end spends a lot of their time being disconnected and pushing their senses sensitivity and their vulnerability aside you know being someone who feels and sees everything is is very challenging and and a lot of us do have that but we've had to learn how to pivot and navigate in order to survive I think it's it's almost like a reckoning in some ways because the system has created this identity for you mm-hmm. that you are, I'm saying you, but it could be me, it could be anybody. Um, you are this high-functioning person. You are this leader. You take care of people. You're strong. You don't have these weaknesses. And, and when you start to um, see that that's a systemic thing that you are me or whoever was this person because that's what society wanted us to mm-hmm. be it it's well it, it all comes down to why were certain things labeled as weaknesses versus others yes. and who gets to decide that yes and that's always 
patriarchy and capitalism yes. because the more we can produce for the world the more we are a value and there's no room for sensitivity and vulnerability in those spaces because that deters yes. quote-unquote people from being like on the assembly line producing whatever it is that they're required to produce yeah and then i think it can shift your purpose and your identity and that's that can be challenging on a very deep level when you mm-hmm. thought you understood yourself as one person only mm. to to become <laughs> aware that you are not that person nor do you want to be that person so to find purpose and identity after that that awakening or that that finding that awareness is like where where do you go from there i'm not mm-hmm. that i'm not that person that my purpose is to show up for the system you know or i'm this and that yes you know what i mean like i feel like another thing that i i struggle with and i think a lot of people who um you know and this can be in their personal life too but like say if you're accessible online or you have a community or you know your work involves people having insight into your personal life and who you are we're very multifaceted and i feel like this system and having an online quote-unquote persona let's just say people expect you to be one way or two ways all the time where it's like no i'm all this and more like and there needs to be more acceptance um and understanding of the nuance i feel like the world that we were living in for so long like there was no space for nuance in anything it was like this or that and then if you have a strong opinion about something you're highly valued and you know when you when zach was asking me to come back on the podcast i was like at this point and i felt this way for a long time maybe even pre-pandemic for a while but i don't have a strong opinion about anything because the more i learn the more i don't know and that opens up my mind to possibility and i've always been someone who believes anything is possible um but even more so where I can't have a strong opinion about um, certain topics that I think other people might be um, talking about in in health and wellness. There's so many because in the next moment, I might gain a new piece of insight or have a new experience Mm. that changes my uh, opinion about something. And if online, I'm known for saying like, xyz and suddenly i have to now be like oh xyz is actually abc how do i reckon with that and how am i going to be received and that's where like all this thing of like you know i don't know again it's like everything is placed on this external self-worth meter and online so much of that comes into play with like people getting canceled or people unfollowing or people suddenly building a large following because they have a strong opinion and i just I don't know, I just don't subscribe to any of that because I feel like at any given moment, anything can change, just like we didn't expect this pandemic to be what it was. Mm. And there it came. Yeah. So yeah. can we adapt? Can we be flexible? Do we have the tools for the nuances? Yeah, I think that's where we need to like really revisit how what our expectations are for social media because we put ourselves out there or people put themselves out there as like a brand or an image, but it is like at best, maybe two dimensional (laughs) because you can only do so much and and you want to have an angle and you want to represent something or teach something or be of some sort of service. But if you're someone, especially in the work of like 
you know, human growth, spirituality, all of these things, like you're, you've never arrived. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. the person who remains the same on one hand, you can be like, wow, they're so consistent with their messaging and that's really good. But at the same time, it's like, they're not progressing. And then if they do progress, people are upset and it's like, wait, well, you used to say this and now you're saying this. And it's almost like we're trapped in, in not being able to evolve, not being able to explore what's next, what's something I used to think was like not so great. And now I'm like seeing it in a different light because I'm allowing curiosity to like lead me and I'm allowing myself to step into a place where I was like, oh man, six months ago, 12 months ago, I never would have been like, well, tell me more about that. I would have been like, what? You're crazy. Like that's, I don't want to talk to you. Now it's like, wait, wait, wait. I kind of want to learn. And I mean, you know, we can pick any celebrity person who's been canceled or, you know, been outed for something, you know, they build a following online and based on appearance or whatever. And then something shifts and people are like, well, fuck that person. They're fake. And, but there's still like, there's always more, there's always more to the story. Like if we just, trap ourselves and expect other people to remain trapped in our idea of who they are like through a screen it's damaging for everybody yeah it's like trying to be all things for every person but you possibly can't mm-hmm. like you know what i mean yeah and it all goes down to energy i feel like that's how i look at things now is it energetically aligned with me or not hmm. sometimes i'm like i don't even need information i go by the vibes and how i feel in my gut yeah. you know yeah Trust the gut. Yeah, it resonates. I'm just thinking of like even my own, my own journey and how it's changed and things that I hold and believe now that are different than what they would have been a year ago, two years Mm -hmm. ago and how, you know, in some ways like you play some of those cards closer to your chest than others, but that it's opening me up to like more beauty and more mystery and more wonder in terms of like understanding the cosmos and recognizing like I actually know nothing. Yeah. (laughs) And that's so beautiful and fun. That's such a good, like always having that beginner's mind of like coming back to be like, okay, well really like these are some experiences I have. These are some things I know. These are some wisdom, you know, traditions that I've been able to inherit or learn from or sit with. But like I, the more I see the, the less I actually really know and can count on. And that's like a really beautiful place to be the perpetual student. Yes. Well, you know, being sick, that's, that's what we are. We're always, you know, the student. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of my teachers used to say that coming from taking why constantly question everything and turning that why to wow and being in wonder Mm -hmm. is like, like you said, like the most beautiful place to be because then you're open to expansion and opening yourself up to a different experience rather than us constantly being in our analytical critical intellect mind and I think that is definitely something I always come back to like the embodiment of an experience and through the collective experience we just had many of us it will stay at the level of Yeah, that was an experience. It was something that happened. We put it behind us and we keep forging ahead. But I think this collective awakening that happened, it was supposed to happen in this way because I don't know how else this mass amount of people would have woken up to, you know, questioning 
questioning mm-hmm. what are these systems that we confine ourselves to. So many people have like shifted their perspective on everything, but let's just say, for example, like work, working for somebody versus creating something for yourself. Like I absolutely am mind blown by the amount of like entrepreneurial spirits that I see like online people just being like my time and my energy is extremely valuable and I don't want to give that away just in exchange for a paycheck to live on this planet so I'm going to try to create something and there's a space for it people are doing all sorts of amazing things and I think that's one of the positives that came out of this is like the autonomy that people feel to um explore their inner self and then create something with that which I think before when you're so caught up in like the day-to-day and like being in survival um there's not a a lot of space for like the creativity the the other like more I don't know like I I call them like the divine arts of the world Mm -hmm. you know things that involve sensitivity and Mm -hmm. awareness yeah I think that the gift was that the system was kind of cracked open a little bit and like the true scandal of the whole thing was like that we all kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. We all stopped and like we're all s- still functioning. Like, you know, a lot changed, a lot is different, but like the world didn't stop turning because capitalism stopped mm-hmm. because people stopped going to work. Like the rat race stopped and in the midst, it's fun. It's funny, like thinking back in the midst of all of the uncertainty and the angst and, and the heaviness there was also moments where people were kind of like, you know, I'm like not going to go for that promotion because I've been at home now with my kids, like making them breakfast and being able to see them and like read with them and like put them to bed. Or like I've been able to go out into the yard and like garden and do these things that I always wished that I could do, but neglected at the expense of like hustle and more and productivity and the the kind of like rupture that happened was like it gave us it kind of gave us a glimpse into like what might be mm-hmm. and i think that the one of the things that i will be saddest about if in over the course of the next decade we look back and go there was this opportunity mm-hmm. to really start to question these systems and to say no like there are places and spaces for people to be vulnerable and to lead with vulnerability and to create and live into the <clears throat> divinity that they embody and that if we miss that and just kind of go back to like status quo of like hustle and climb the ladder and paycheck over everything and career is my identity, like that will be really, really a, a sad loss mm-hmm. and a sad missed opportunity that I think we were presented with here in the midst of it being like hard and having to walk through it and not knowing like what was next, what was going to be on the other side. But in that seeing like, man, there's some amazing incredible opportunities to say the system stopped and like life carried on and mm-hmm. in fact there's opportunities for like deeper and fuller life mm-hmm. because of the pause that happened yeah and i think there will forever be people who will still carry forward because that is their purpose here on this earth and you know zach talks about this all the time about like this idea that everyone now is like let's just get some land and have our own commune with the people we love. And I always say to him, that's, you know, uh, this idealistic world. And that also comes because we're in a place of privilege. 
that we can say, hey, let me just pick up my shit and buy some land, you know, and who, we don't own this land, first of all, you know, True. but the fact that we even have this idea that we can just pick up, relocate wherever we want and build a new life is because we have extraordinary privilege and we're not thinking of how are we going to get our next meal or how are we going to care for our loved ones and like go through all these challenges that a lot of people in many other places in the world went through during the pandemic, including like India. Like I watched extreme amounts of loss and destruction that happened. And, you know, that was heartbreaking to watch. Mm -hmm. Even despite being in a place of privilege for myself and being safe with my loved ones at home, you know, not being in survival mode to that degree. Um, So everything again comes with I don't know I think like it's so much bigger than us and that's when I have to like go from my why mind to wow because if I constantly go into the why I go back into like I don't want to do anything at all because I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing right yeah yeah so when we look at this systems of you know capitalism the patriarchy colonialism like it's these are deep-rooted, mm-hmm. smart, strong systems that are, you know, entrenched into every aspect of of how this world operates. So mm-hmm. acknowledging that, seeing mm-hmm. it, what are some steps we can take to <laughs> see it? <laughs> Five easy steps. Like, I, I mean, for it, me, the, first, the, first, thing, for the yeah. first thing for me was seeing it, like yeah. Understand, yeah, yeah. understanding what it was and seeing it, seeing it in others, seeing it myself, seeing it in, in the workplace. That was the first step, like things that I didn't see before. Yeah. Because um, I didn't have language or understanding to it before. Uh-huh. Um, and then once I learned about, you know, that history and my involvement is it in it as a you know, someone that's benefited from those systems mm-hmm. um, was first seeing it, being aware of it, and then acknowledging choice. Mm-hmm. That was, those, those are some of the steps that I've been working through. Um, but some people don't see it still. So it's like, how do we bring awareness to a system that needs to change for the world to be whole you know it's a big question if i knew that i'd be selling out seminars <laughs> okay i yeah, i yeah. would be rolling in that capitalism money yeah yeah um <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna bring down all the structures except yeah. capitalism for yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> that'll be my last one yeah i think and then and you know there's that's like a whole nother episode that we could talk about but I don't think there's anything wrong with like wanting to have wealth and build that wealth mm-hmm. because that it just depends what you do with it and how much of it does everyone need. Like we need equity is what we need. The reason why we're in these conditions is because there's such a disparity between, you know, rich and poor, sick and healthy, like access and not like it's it's the disparity that's such a issue is is if everyone had access to all the tools and the things that they needed the world would be very different mm-hmm. but there is like this groups of people that have way more than they need and they don't see a problem with that and 
we're just like the average person trying to live their life while trying to like heal generational trauma, trying to survive, trying not to pass trauma forward, trying to stay healthy. <laughs> like it's just like juggling so many balls. And this is like one more thing on yes. top of that. But F- fix the systems of the world, Navi. No pressure. Yeah. Yeah, just like take down the tools of oppression yeah. um, all in a day's work. But <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think you know, awareness and collective awareness, which is what happened like after the death of George Floyd and everything that followed afterwards, it's like these like, you know, events, tragedies, these things that happen that shake us and the people who choose to open their eyes and see um their role and like be affected by something the ability to be affected and moved by something is also a gift which i don't think everyone is awarded because there's some people like i said with everything like will continue to move forward act unaffected or be unaffected and be ignorant and a lot of the times it's the people that benefit from these systems and like to for them to let go of that it's not just going to come easily do you mm-hmm. know what i mean like they're they're gonna fight tooth and nail like if yeah. we look at the british empire for example yes. as an example like they are gonna be relentless before they're about to let go of all that privilege mm, yeah. and honestly like i don't know i should be asking you guys that question because yeah, yeah. as a brown woman i'm mm-hmm. like i don't know it's not yeah. my problem yeah. yes. it's a problem that affects me and my people but like the yeah. solution is you know indigenous black people of color are always going to continue to advocate and you know change these systems for ourselves and our communities but what are the people who are benefiting and that privilege of whiteness how are you changing those systems because we've been aware Mm -hmm. like we've been aware for a long time like you know and and it's like the repair and all of that needs to come through the communities that hold that privilege and how are they going to break those systems from the smallest interaction to the largest ways of like the way they run their businesses, corporations. But it starts with like you said, the awareness. Okay, we have the awareness. Like we know this shit is bad. And if you don't recognize that by now, like I'm not looking to those people to solve these problems. You know what I mean? I'm looking to like, if you're aware, you're ready to be in action. What are you going to do about it? Figure it out. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's huge because I used to get really frustrated by like ignorance Mm -hmm. where I'm like, how can you not see this? Like, I don't like my blood would boil. And now I'm far more uh, accepting and tolerant of ignorant people because I feel like a lot of times it's they've we they we've all grown up in a system and it's like a the classic saying like a fish doesn't know it's in water because it's just surrounded by water its whole life and then you take it out and put it back in the water and they're like whoa water and so when it's hard to it's hard to fault someone who's ignorant what you can do is help to help them to see and then what happens next i think is where my frustration shifted because over the course of the last couple of years as so many things came up like as you mentioned george floyd and people were given the opportunity to see the system of oppression like on full display what happened next is where i my jaw hit the floor and i i became like completely uh <laughs> okay with people who were ignorant and all of my fury was like aimed at the people who saw and then we're like, oh. 
and either didn't care Mm -hmm. or recognized they saw the system in their favor and like, why why would I want to change that? Or double down. Or double down. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. They saw this, things things are changing. I'm in a corner. And instead of, you know, realizing the issues, um, they almost went into like their own fight or flight Mm. and became a victim of a changing system because Mm -hmm. for the system to change, Mm -hmm. it's the people in power that are going to lose it. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people just told on themselves and that's like all I needed to know. Do you know what I mean? Yes. (laughs) Like I, 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 it's very obvious. And again, it goes back to the whole thing of like, is that aligned with me? And am I depending on these people to do something? Or am I going to be empowered enough in my own life with awareness, with tools, with community, which is where the aspect of like community living and healing in community is really important. And we're still very lacking in that, especially in the West. Um, You know, that's what I'm looking at versus like, I would say like, maybe my immature activism stage was like trying to convince people Mm. to change their mind about something. And I think coming into this sense of maturity is like, you know, there, there's other people who will take that role and that's, they, that's how they want to communicate whatever they're advocating for. But my role is like with everything I've seen is embody how I want my world to be and whoever is aligned with that gets to come along and whoever isn't like doesn't get access to me Mm -hmm. you know and that's in the smallest of ways like in my social interactions family friends work whatever it is and it's it's I don't want to say it's us my sister always says it's as simple as that but (laughs) it's it's it is very simple but also complex at the same time but really if if I'm going to continue to be bogged down and look at like what's not working or the people that aren't aware, it's taking all of my life force. That's not serving me. And I'm speaking for myself. Like I just don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. Either you're with it and you get it or you're not. And if you're not, peace. Like yeah. see you later. Like it's not my job to um, make you change your mind about something that I'm fully aware of my community is aware of people are aware of because the tools are there it's not like 10 years ago where we didn't have access to information the way that we do now information is readily available mm-hmm. are you willing and able to go get that information and obviously there's like again like nuances there's people that don't have access to this information but i'm not talking about them mm-hmm. you know what i mean i'm talking about the people that know yeah but choose not to act yeah and that's fine that's that's it's not my job to make them be in action. It's, yeah, it's true. I was just going to say, you spoke to your own experience of opinion, you know, and not feeling the need to have an opinion on it, on things. I think if you're listening to this and you have hard opinions on things, um, you mentioned nuance, I think, okay, say I have an opinion on X, Y, Z. Go listen to five other people from five other communities on that same topic and mm-hmm. If you're unwilling to move your opinion on it, then that's there's there's problem. I think there should there should be curiosity and compassion of multiple opinions before you have any understanding or comprehension of you know yeah. any any power or 
system or you know way of of being if you're not listening to to groups and communities and cultures that are different than yours then you're you're stuck in a system yeah and i think obviously like this should go without saying but when we say those things we're i mean like there's obviously things that are inherently wrong that we can all agree yes. that are wrong yes. do you know what i mean like there, i'm there not la- gonna change my opinion there on are lands in the sand yeah, yeah. like yeah. i'm yeah. not gonna change my opinion on certain things like like that but when it's like opinions about just based on your experience of or lack of experience with something um in that case yeah then there needs to be some expansion and some work on your part to look at other people's experience and see how it informs you Mm -hmm. all of this makes me think of um there's a great uh great um quote by ruth bader ginsburg and she talks about, and you know, I mean, many have said it in in a way, but it's mo- most recently kind of attributed to her, where uh, to those accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression, mm-hmm. and it's all it's all of that is like we're so the system has been set up to to uh, support and elevate a few, and then when that starts to shift, people are like whoa 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 whoa, and mm-hmm. it's actually it's actually just movement. It's not even full equality like it's movement towards equality yeah if we're being really honest and for some that feels like whoa like what's happening this is this is not how it's supposed to be this is not how it's always been and and those shifts in the culture are what trigger a lot of people to react and like to double down or to not want to have the conversation to not see a different perspective which is like all the more reason for like community and like a diversity of voices and opinions and faces like at your collective tables, whatever those look like mm-hmm. to to learn and grow. And I mean, to me, it's always been like relationship like you you fi- there's always way more that unites us and there's way more that we have in common than we have different. And so it's like if we can start by not looking for the inherent differences, but start to say, OK, well, where's our commonality? And then how can we like raise each other up to the point where we are all thriving. I mean, uh, like that to me just seems like the best way forward, but recognizing like there's a cost, Mm -hmm. there's a cost involved. And Mm -hmm. then that feels unfair to people who've Mm -hmm. always benefited from a system that was set up to benefit them in the first place. Like there's so much that needs to happen to start to like reverse those, that trajectory. I'm smiling because my, brain was just about to be like you mean men yeah well yes of course <laughs> that's one of the systems yes the patriarchy yes <laughs> yeah. and that's i mean honestly in all honesty navi like from the first time i met you uh until now like knowing you like you and a few other people who you know i work with two of them women of color who are incredibly helpful mm. because i'm reminded always of like the immense privilege that i carry in my like invisible backpack yeah honestly daily yeah and it's like oh and i need that i need that like i live in a house full of women yeah and i'm reminded daily you know and it's like it's so important to me though that there are people in my world because we're so used to it and doors are opened for me without even me realizing that they're being open for me mm-hmm. and then when i'm with people they're like, oh that doesn't happen when i walk like it's like oh, oh. and it just it, it's a constant reminder of what needs to change and that I, I can't sleep on 
paying attention to these things. Because yeah. if I do, then the world doesn't change. And if I'm someone who's committed, mm-hmm. which I am, mm-hmm. I need people to be like, hey, <laughs> look at what just happened. That yeah. wouldn't happen for me. Yeah. And then to be able to speak into that and start to work towards changing, changing those systems, starting with that awareness. Yeah. And then not being offended, not being upset, mm-hmm. but being like, oh shit, like that's, yeah, that's really not fair. Well, so many of us, um, you know, women, women of color, people of color, we're also just exploring and beginning to reckon with the fact that so many things have been unfair because so many of us are also so deeply conditioned by the systems that we might not even see how things have been unfair Mm -hmm. or um, inequitable. So I don't know with whatever gift I came on this earth with of always being able to have that like razor sharp um, awareness of like when I see injustice, like it's like it comes spilling out of me. I have to say what I see. But for a long time, like I didn't because no, I wouldn't say no one else, but the collective world would be like, oh, well, if you just work harder, you'll get those same opportunities. Or like that would happen for that person if they were smarter, prettier, whatever it may be. And and then you start to be like, oh, maybe it is just me. Mm. But then now it's like we can't deny that these systems have always been at play. And the fact that they're just so insidious and, you know, deeply embedded in every facet of life that until we hit it and come up with an ex- come up to an experience in our personal life or someone we love and someone we care about or have a knife inside to watch something happen or hear of something happening we kind of almost take it as a part of regular life mm-hmm. but i think that there's no such thing as regular or normal yeah <laughs> and you know like I will say I always tell Zach this like I'm like you know my quota of like my white male friends I'm like, <laughs> it's like full with the both of you yes. and <laughs> you over know, full actually <laughs> he's he makes it possible and comfortable and easeful and safe for me to have these conversations and like talk out things that I might be feeling or experiencing because it's never really been a safe environment or place to like speak up Mm -hmm. you know what i mean because it's always gonna be turned back around on how i we could have been different and had a different experience and it's never really like um someone who's gracious and looks inward and like recognizes and holds space right well it's so easy and natural to deflect Mm -hmm. because most most people, white males, are like decent, good people, right? And it's the it's just the unknowing and it's the deflecting to be like, oh yeah, but like, and, and again, I, I believe that it's coming from a place of like sincerity where, and I, I had even, like I've said it before, we're like, oh, like it wasn't me. Like it wasn't it's me. Like not all men. Yeah, right? And that's the thing where... It, you can believe that and that statement is true. Like, yes, you did not commit this injustice. You did not, you know, are, you are not responsible for colonialism. You are not responsible uh, for this event that happened at the hands of someone who looks and acts mm-hmm. and behaves just like you. But it's like, at on one hand, like, we are though. 
Like you can't just deflect and be like, well, I'm not racist and then feel okay with that. Mm -hmm. There's more, like there's more to be done. That first step is like acknowledging that's, that's not me. That's not what I embody. That's not what I believe. But then saying, but I acknowledge that there's other people who do feel this way and that look like me and I may be in community with. Yeah. And that's just the reality. And benefit from. And benefit from. Exactly. Exactly. Whether I know it or not. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I saw this great cartoon that broke it down really well because it might look like we have equal opportunity, but the reality is there's been hurdles that have been mm-hmm. put in place for generations, centuries in some cases, um, that have allowed myself, a white male, to run this race with no hurdles. Mm -hmm. And these hurdles, I might not see them in the lane next to me, but they've been placed there for for decades, for for generations. And the person I'm running next to has had to jump over, climb under, go around, Mm -hmm. get blocked by all these hurdles that I, I can't see with my privilege, but it doesn't make... Because I can't see it doesn't mean it's equal. Mm. You know? Yeah. And like you have your own set of hurdles as well, which are just yes. as valid. Yes. But being able to look at like the full length of that course yes. to see like how far back and how far forward like the other person's challenges have been. Yes. And the fact that this world just was to... built in a way that mm-hmm. serves a certain group of people yes. yeah. more than others. Yeah. Okay. So if we can, you know, break these systems, you know, change change this world what what does beyond you know fighting systems of oppression like what on a on a soul level like what what would you long for like what is your hope where where you can live your life in a way where um yeah abundance you know what what does that community or that culture look like? Where how do you want to experience this lifetime? Like what would be a way that you are are feeling an embodied contentment instead of having to to fight for that all the time? Damn, that's a big question in a <laughs> yes. Yes. in a sentence or two. I think, you know, I've said this to you before. I think it's a world where everyone has the freedom to live, love, be, embody in the way that's the best and the healthiest for them. But the tools that we need, the resources that we need, um, whether that be infrastructure, finances, medications, herbs, whatever it is that they're readily available for all of us to have when we need them. And I th- I think just like people self-permissioning to live that they live the way they want to live and, you know, advocate for others and um yeah, I honestly think like people just like shutting the fuck up for a minute and embodying and just like living and letting others live the way they want to live like so much distress and issues are because people have an opinion about the way someone else lives but like turn that attention inward into your own life like redirect that energy and you know a place where like community 
actually feels like community and it's not this performative statement that we put out. Um, I think I, I always say this here in our city, like I always feel like that's missing mm-hmm. and you know that's also like could be to many factors but for me personally it may be short term that it feels like it's there but this richness and this warmth that comes from when community is centered and created and the container is held by teachers facilitators elders Um, where it's a part of their culture, it's a part of their ancestral background, it just feels different. It's a different sense of community because it's like, it's in our being, it's in our bones to, to be that way and to live that way. So when we have the freedom to create that, I think that is like a different energy. It's so potent, it's so rich, it's very life giving to to whoever enters that enters that space and i think it's going to be a while but i think people are doing it i think people feel more permissioning to just do what brings them that sense of fulfillment and depth and increases that life force mm-hmm. rather than waiting and what does you mentioned embodiment what does embodiment feel like for you mm. It feels stable, grounded, assured. There's like this deep trust, you know, um, in self, in spirit, like the sense of faith that like everything that's happening is like for the best for me and I'm going to ride this wave. And I feel like my heart feels open when I'm embodied. Like there's clear boundaries but it's still open. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that's really important because it's very easy when you have so much awareness and being highly sensitive to stuff. It's really easy, I know for me, to like close my heart to things, just be like, this world fucking sucks and everyone is an asshole and I just want to protect myself. And I think we all go through phases of that, but when I know that I'm in a good place and an embodied place it's just like this deep self-assuredness and like trust and faith i would say in myself and in the divine and the divine plan Mm. Mm. well navi i have to say every time we have conversation every time we share time together i'm just always in awe of your clarity and the knowledge that you embody i feel like it's an embodied knowledge like an ancestral knowledge that that you speak and that you share and i'm just so grateful to get to experience that and get to learn from you and you know i look forward to all of our conversations and all of our time together and i never want these conversations to end so i'm excited you know for our next hang for our next podcast and i want to honor honor your time and your message that you've shared today and I think give space for it to sink in and Mm -hmm. have resonance with those that have listened so I want to thank you 
um, on behalf of Dean and I and all white men of the world. (laughs) 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 Whether they know it or not. (laughs) And, uh, you know... You might not have space for more than two, but uh, we're lucky that uh, you've got space for the two of us. Um, last time we podcast together, we um, I don't know if we had a closing question. Um, we have one now that we ask all of our guests. Mm, okay. And, uh, you know, Dean always takes us to that, that point in the podcast. So I'll let, let Dean ask you our closing question. And again, just grateful for you, Navi. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for creating the space for me to even want to share and, and be open. That's a really special skill and gift and takes awareness. So I appreciate both of you providing that for me and for all the other members of our community that have been on here. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, well, I guess kind of on that note, uh, when Zach and I started this journey, this podcast platform that we're we're experimenting with and doing we we knew that we wanted it to be meaningful uh and fun and insightful conversations with just people who are up to you know good work in the world helping us to see things we need to see learn and unlearn things we need to do um and we always like to ask our guests like with reflection on the name of the podcast a little more good knowing that's what we want to create and be and see and do in the world like what is that phrase mean to you Mm. more good i think that it means to me that every little way that i take care of myself is like a little more good than that i can like give outward to first to myself then to my family to my community to my loved ones and every little bit is like contributing to this like garden of life that i'm creating that's awesome. I, I love, love that. that. Yeah, that's so good. It starts with yourself. You can't be there for others until you can be there for yourself. Yeah. I love that. What a beautiful reminder. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you, Navi, so, so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Yo, yo. What do you think, Dina? Man, so good. Revisiting that conversation with Navi is just like you know, kind of reminds me all over again of the importance of, of, of showing up for yourself, right? Doing the work, taking care of yourself so you can help others. And also just being aware of, of the way that like our stories, our lives can impact and influence the world around us for good or not, depending on how we kind of lean in and look after and, and are aware of ourselves. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. always, always grateful the work that Navi does. Yes, yes. Ask yourself, how are you showing up? Which space are you occupying? Mm-hmm. Is it the space? Is it your space to occupy? And if it isn't, whose space is it? Make make room for, for others that, uh, you know, aren't yourself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm always grateful for Navi for her stories, especially uh, the ones she shared today. Um, so yeah, she's uh, she's one of a kind. Yes, there we go. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, and we sure hope that you did, uh, it makes a big difference to us do-gooders over here. If you could like, subscribe, follow, give us a five-star review wherever you are listening, tuning into this podcast, it makes a huge difference in allowing us to get this this good message out to as many people as possible. So like, subscribe, 
give us those nice five stars or don't give <laughs> us four, three, two, one, whatever, whatever <laughs> resonates with you. Uh, we appreciate all the feedback, the good and the bad and whatever lies in between those two, two polars. Um, so thank you for tuning in and we look forward to, to hanging out with you again. Same time, same place next week. That's right. Stay good, y'all. Peace.